Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about adoption scams with Hal Kaufman, a dad through adoption who's been working for more than 10 years helping hopeful adoptive families successfully navigate the adoption process. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder, dad of three through infant adoption, and this is where we talk all about infant adoption. We give you inspiration. We give you resources. We give you hope to start on that adventure, that journey you're thinking about 24-7, 365. I know because I've been there, and that is building your family through adoption. So thank you for joining me today. You know, before we get into the interview, I wanted to ask if you know what one of the first and biggest and maybe most difficult decisions you can make as a hopeful adoptive parent. What is that? As you start your journey, I can tell you from experience, it is choosing, finding and choosing the right adoption agency. I mean, the choices can be overwhelming. I mean, there's thousands of them out there. How do you find the best agency to work with? I get these questions all the time. We see it in the Facebook group and it's a common question because it's a good question. And I've got a good answer for you. I've created a course, online course, called Find My Adoption Agency. It's where I'm going to walk you step-by-step through the entire process of finding and choosing a trusted ethical agency. We're going to help cut through the overwhelm, cut through the confusion to find the right agency, choose the right one you can trust all the way through your journey to adopt. I'm confident you can do this in 30 days or less. You can finally reach that dream and bring home that baby. So I want you to go to findmyadoptionagency.com and take a look. There's a bunch of information on there. What it, what the course looks like, what's in the course, the bonuses that we give, frequently asked questions. It's lifetime access. So even if you're like, I don't know if I'm ready to look for and find an agency, but I might be, I know I will be, take a look. You got lifetime access. Jump in now because you don't have all the answers and that's okay. I've been there. I've done that to find the right answers and try to find somebody that's going to help you is through the right adoption agency. So take a look, findmyadoptionagency.com. I'll, I'll love the extra stuff that I give you, the, uh, the whole list of agencies. I give you the course planner. I give you actual questions to ask agencies. And you can even read about what other people think that have gone through the course. Findmyadoptionagency.com is the place to get started because you can find your agency, you can adopt faster, you can reach your dream. All right, great. So today is a, a, a special guest because Hal Kaufman uh, is with us again, uh, a dad through adoption who's joined us as a guest back in way back in episode seven. And we're so thankful to have him t- back today because we're talking about a, a, a topic that's really kind of scary, but important. And that's adoption scams. And because it, maybe it never occurred to you that if you start the adoption process, that someone might actually be a con artist trying to scam you out of gifts or money or even some kind of weird emotional support. I mean, it happens. So adoption, our adoption, our guest adoption expert and dad through adoption, Hal Kaufman is here as we take a closer look at one of the scariest issues facing adoptive parents today, adoption scams. Let's jump into the interview right now with Hal. All right. Welcome to the show. How, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? 
<laughs> doing great too. Uh, we laughed because we were having a little bit of had a little bit of technical difficulties before we started, but we worked through it. Two guys figured it out. So thanks, Al, for joining me today on the show. And uh, you know, you were one of my earliest guests on the show back in episode seven, where we talked all about adoption advertising and networking. And that's still one of the most downloaded episodes. So hey, we're back to do it again. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful to have you back. Also, a great topic today in adoption scams and fraud and we'll get into what all that means but i wanted to quickly if you could just share what your adoption story is how you came to adoption and what you do now to help folks um thanks for having me first of all it's good to be yeah. back that was a long time ago episode seven I know. You're, you're hitting three digits triple <laughs> digits soon right yes 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 thank you that's that's pretty amazing. So um, let's see, my wife and I came to adoption like a lot of others, not not everyone, of course, but we experienced uh, several years of infertility, three years, in fact. And during that time, we tried five IUIs, four IVFs. We tried ICSI, donor eggs, frozen embryos. Nothing was working. Um, we had a couple miscarriages, ectopic pregnancy, chemical pregnancy, and then just a lot of failure uh, around that. And that's what led us to building our family through adoption. And so um, near the end of infertility, uh, our infertility story, we started looking into adoption, ended up adopting two boys, one in 2005 and a second, our youngest, in 2007. So they are now 15 and 17 years old somehow. We have very open relationships with their birth moms, uh, speak to them, have always spoken to them, met with them in person, hang out several times a year for 15 plus and 17 plus years. So super, super lucky um, in, in all of that stuff. A year after my second son was born, I started my adoption advisor and, and it was really to help people connect with potential birth parents. It was really to help them market themselves. Mm. And it's turned into, I mean, in the early years, you know, people were downloading a PDF file and that was my product. And now I have, you know, uh, 14 years later, have a handful of e-learning courses that people can purchase. I help families create adoption profiles. I turn profiles into websites. I can run Google ad campaigns to bring potential birth parents to their website. And then we have services to help adoption attorneys and adoption agencies as well, primarily in the website development and Google advertising um, worlds. So I'm uh, very lucky to still be doing what I started back in 2008 in this space. I, uh, I feel very fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you've done, it's a testament to all, all you've done because you've, if you continue to do it year after year after year, I mean, there's people are still coming to you and, and getting your help and, and word spreads. And I've definitely seen people through Facebook groups and others that have gone to you and are like, yeah, hell did a great job. And it's myadoptionadvisor.com to find how, and we'll talk more about that at the, towards the end of the interview, but let's dive into our a topic for the day, which is adoption scams. And I know you've, you've written about it on your website and it's been written about on other websites as well, but I wanted to just talk about it here uh, for the folks listening to the podcast, because it's a big, it's, it's a problem when you go through it. And, and I think anybody that is going into adoption needs to be aware of it because it can happen. And I'm, I'm not going to say it happens all the time, anything like that, but there are ways that you as a hopeful adoptive family can get scammed or have fraud happen to you. And let's just really define that, I guess, how, first of all, what, what exactly is an adoption scam? 
Yeah, I mean, I think a scam in general, and let's keep the legalese out of it, but yeah. a scam in general is when someone intentionally deceives someone else for some type of gain, some type of personal gain. So, you know, an adoption, an attorney, an agency, adopting parents, and yes, potential birth parents can all scam someone else or be a target of a scam. So it kind of works both ways. Um, and a lot of people think might think of this as, you know, just birth parent scams, and that's probably what we'll talk about mostly. But, you know, other adopting parents, agencies, attorneys, all also can be perpetrators of fraud or, or a scam. And, and oftentimes it's about money, but, it's, you know, we'll talk about, I'm sure, it's not always about money. Sometimes it's about just getting attention, too, and, and some love. Um, so, yeah, that that's at least how I define it in sort of English yeah, definitely. terms. Yeah, and, and the, really there's two, as far as I know and I, I've seen or heard about is two do, different kinds of adoption scams. One is, like you mentioned, for money, and the other one is I consider an emotional scam. So you, you're not really getting anything out of it other than some kind of emotional high or some kind of an attachment uh, thing where mm -hmm. it's just you can't even explain it. You don't even understand it, why somebody would scam you just to, for some kind of emotional gain. But it does happen, and I've seen people um, go through our Facebook groups and other things that are dealing with those kinds of emotional scams, and they're just as painful, if not more, than a, than a financial scam. But, and yeah. I've read you, where you wrote on your website that uh, hopeful adoptive parents should really just be aware but not paranoid when it comes to adoption scams. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it means... Um you know, being aware that scams can occur and, and being aware of some of the red flags, but not being so worried about it, so frozen by it, that it impacts your interaction with others. Because ultimately, you know, you're trying to build some kind of relationship with another human being. So yeah. if you have this wall in front of you because you're just so terrified of being taken advantage of in some way, it's going to be pretty hard to build a relationship, to build, to be your authentic self when you're feeling that way. So it's, you know, putting it in your head, being aware of what some of these things are, um, but not being so paranoid that it affects your behavior and, and who you are, because again, you're trying to get to know someone. And so you have to share your, your authentic self with that person. That's yeah, true. I mean, you, you're already going to be emotionally tied in. You just have to be aware that something like this could happen and look out for potential things, uh, maybe some red flags that would show you. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah. how, how often do you think families, I mean, there's no statistics. I, I, I know that for sure. But what? how often would you guess that families uh, get scammed? I mean, you get probably ten to 20,000 people a year that are adopting, maybe more. It's hard to get, nobody gathers all these statistics up. But how often yeah. would you say families get scammed? A, fa a family I, I mean, scammed? you're... You're right. I mean, there there's no there are no statistics, so I have no idea. I mean, I, I could guess ten percent, but I, I really would have no idea yeah. um, if that's real. I I think, you know, I don't think it's that frequent, but I'm not sure that matters because if it happens to you, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> and no so, question. you know, if it's fifty percent or 05 percent, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's not happening to you or if it does happen to you. So I, I think the key is, since we don't really know the numbers, people, you know, people aren't calling the FBI or not enough people are frankly calling the FBI. Um, you know, even if everyone who was a victim of a scam is letting the FBI or some authority know, no one's collecting that data anyway. So right. we don't really know. So I guess all we can do is um, you know, try and be smart and, and protect ourselves in some way as we go through the process. 
Yep. Great, great answer. I think that's absolutely true. Uh, the only thing we can go on is what agencies sometimes put out because uh, they get that question asked of them too. So mm-hmm. I would say if I had to guess, I'd say, you know, less than 5%, but who knows? I agree with you. Let's just move on to how we can deal with it and, and look for red flags and things like that. Do you, do you have a story that you can share that maybe illustrate how a family can get scammed? I think we've seen these in the newspapers or in online with these real dramatic ones where uh, somebody gets scammed out of you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Do you have a story that you could share that would illustrate that? Yeah, I, um, I have a course called Identify Red Flags and Avoid Adoption Scams. It's an e-learning course on our website. And and I never experienced um, this firsthand. And so when I created this course, I talked to people who did experience it firsthand and um, kind of took what they experienced and their tips and developed the course around that. So I don't have a story per se, but I, I think what might be useful is um, you know talking about, well, what are some of these red flags? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. So. In this course, and I'll give you a bulk of the course, frankly, for free. Um, In this course, I categorize, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 different red flags into four different categories. And the first category I call, you know, just the facts and why I can't ever seem to get them. And that category encompasses things like, you know, someone who always has a reason for not sending requested documentation, for example, or they want to keep this, you know, quote unquote, just between us and not work with an attorney. And they don't want to share their phone number. So, you know, someone who really wants to make an adoption plan with you would seem that they would want to fill out the paperwork and and, um, and talk to an attorney and get legal advice and counseling and, and all that other stuff. So, you know, it's, it's not a story per se, but if you think about those types of red flags, you can start to picture, well, what that might look like and feel like. So just the facts and why I can't ever seem to get them. And then the second category I call all drama all the time. So this really gets to those emotional scammers that mm-hmm. you were mentioning earlier. They want a lot of contact. I mean, many, many, many times a day. They are often in a state of crisis, one thing after another after another. And they sometimes bring that emotion and crisis crises to you, they might be very threatening toward you um, if you're if you're speaking with them, or quickly defensive about something. So it's just a lot of uh, a lot of drama, a lot of emotion. Those are some red flags. Uh, the third one, it's all about the money. So they might request money early and often in the conversations, or texting, or email, or whatever. They might pressure you for money. They might want to fly or drive or take a bus or take a train to visit you. And to do that, they might need money ahead of time, and then they never show up um, because they just took the money and ran. So, you know, those are some examples where, you know, they really are after the financial gain, um, that kind of scam, which is sometimes easiest to identify because they have to specifically ask you and bring it up all the time. So that tends to um, trigger people's alarm bells a little bit more than maybe an emotional situation where, you know, it could be very legitimate. There might be crisis after crisis after crisis. Um, The fourth category, the last one, one plus one equals three. Something just doesn't add up. They schedule meetings, you schedule meetings and appointments, and they miss them. They never show up. Mm -hmm. The facts change. You know, the baby was going to be born in October. Now it's born in the summertime. Um, Or it was a boy, and now they think it's a girl. 
um, changing phone numbers. They or someone who knows more about adoption than you know. Like they're really, really educated about adoption. You know, these may be signs. Well, I think they are red flags, but I don't think a red flag means that you're going to be scammed or that the person is a scammer. It's just a red flag. It's just a warning. And, and there might be five or 10 warnings in situations that are a thousand percent legitimate. Mm -hmm. And you end up making an adoption plan with that person. So I think it's important to know, you know, these are the red flags. So I should dig deeper and ask some more questions and take some better notes and let my attorney know what's going on. Um, but it's not necessarily a scammer, uh, but, but it could be something to be aware of. Yeah, because I think sometimes when you see a red flag, um, or especially when you know about a red flag, and then you see it, you might want to jump right to, hey, I might be getting scammed. And I, I think it's best to just kind of wait and be a little cautious. Maybe not jump right mm -hmm. to, oh, I'm getting scammed. Especially if you're working with a professional, with an attorney or an agency, I think it's always good to go, hey, I, found, I see this as a potential red flag. What do you think? And then get another set of eyes and ears on it to, to, to just check and see. And, yeah. and I'm sure they would know. And I know most agencies and attorneys are well aware of this. So they know how to uh, ask more questions and, and figure out, dig deeper, like you said, to see if the scam is really happening or not. And, and that's what's tough about the emotional ones. I mean, those emotional scammers, uh, some of them I've, I've read stories anyway that are just so good because they pull you in like you said they bring in some yeah. drama the story storytelling is so good and some of them may even you know okay can you produce a uh, ultrasound picture and they have an ultrasound picture they produce it's not theirs but they produce an ultrasound picture to yeah. even bring you to the point of oh this is this is legitimate so uh those those are the parts that really get just head scratchers because they go to such lengths to try to, to right. scam you and that, that's right. just tough. I mean, how, how else can families, obviously we understand that where we start to look at the red flags, how else can families protect themselves from the scam? I think there's a couple of things. Uh, obviously just listening to this and being aware of what some of those red flags are. So if you're more aware of that scams can occur and what some of the warning signals are, then you may catch the, some of those that you otherwise may have missed. Uh, I think a really important thing that uh, I've never heard talked about is to really think about your risk tolerance ahead of time when you're not in the middle of a situation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there there are legitimate uh, uh, potential birth parents who do need some kind of financial support, medical or or with, um, you know, if they can't work or maybe they need clothes or food or, or whatever the situation is, a safe place to live. And so, and, and in some states, every state has different laws, and I'm not going to get into the laws because I'm not an attorney, so that will only get me into trouble. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, there's legitimate ways to help in some of those situations. But if you think about it before you get in the middle of a particular um, situation and think about, well, how much money would we give for certain things or in total before, you know, we have a solid adoption plan or before we get to some level of confidence here. You know, think about that ahead of time. So then when you're not in the middle of the emotional um, aspect of all of this, you're sort of thinking clearly and can figure out, well, what is our risk tolerance with this kind of stuff? And same with emotional scammers. You know, how often do you want to talk to someone, 
you know, how, how often number of days, number of months, number of times per day before you decide, yeah, I think that's enough. If we're not going to make progress and, and get some legitimate answers, get proof of pregnancy or whatever, you know, how long do you want to keep talking? Some people may last a week. Some people could last three months doing that because they're okay. They, even if they feel like they're just, um, you know, being scammed and, and someone just needs the emotional love and talking to someone or whatever, you know, maybe that some people are okay doing that and other people aren't. Um, and, and oftentimes if there are two people adopting, if it's a couple in, uh, of any maker or matter, then, you know, the, the two individuals may have different risk tolerances. So that's another reason I think it's really important to talk about that. And then, you know, going back to that course where I interviewed people who had been victimized and said, you know, well, what advice do you have for adopting parents? The number one thing they all said is, trust your gut, listen to your inner voice. They said, you know, looking back, I knew something wasn't right. I could tell it didn't feel right. A fact change. And I just kind of glossed over it because I wanted it to work so badly. Um, and that's sort of what gets in the way. Our heart gets in the way of our head sometimes. So, you know, put your heart out there and, and, and be authentic and, and meet people, um, but also use your head. And if it, if it, you know, if it doesn't sound right, it doesn't feel right, you know, you're, you could very well be right. Um, so really trust your inner voice um, and trust your gut. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I would trust your adoption professional too. I mean, when it comes down to adoption laws, which are different in every state, and you and I are not attorneys, but I think the one thing you can do to protect yourself, at least on a financial scam, is know what the limits are of your state. You know, if, mm -hmm. if maybe there is a limit where you can't provide any financial assistance, to uh, a uh, expected mom, I mean, there you go right there, and they're asking you for money. I mean, there's there's nothing you can do, or if you know there's a right. limit, like uh, there's only two thousand dollars that you can give, and they're constantly asking for more, 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 more. You know what the limits are. Uh, working right. with your attorney, so that's an easy answer. You're right, yeah. right, because then you can say, I, I, I would love to do anything for you, but you know the law is the law. I the have to follow the law, and this is all I can do. But but I'd love to keep talking with you, or you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And if they walk away, they walk away. And it either wasn't meant to be or they were trying to scam you. Yeah. So that's, that's a definite one for a financial a scam. Um, the other thing I think you, you mentioned this, I think, on your website, on one of your uh, blogs or something where I read on your website, where you, to get real proof of pregnancy, I think you talked about uh, don't just settle for getting a picture or like we, we just talked about an ultrasound image, but get. Um, and your agency or attorney can help you with this too, but get real proof of pregnancy from a doctor or a clinic that, that can verify that it's authentic. Uh, and could you still get scams? Can somebody still figure out how to scam you through that? Sure. But it's just one more step to trying to avert <laughs> having somebody scam you. And it takes a little bit more, in other words, for a doctor or a clinic yeah. to verify proof of pregnancy. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of the attorneys who I work with, um, who refer clients, their clients to me for services, you know, they will, you know, very quickly in the process after the adopting parent and the potential birth parent have talked a few times or whatever, and they feel like it might be a, a good match. And now it's time to get counseling and other things. Um, so the, the adopting parent will ask, well, would you like to talk to my attorney? You know, she or he can help you through these next steps. Sure. So then they have that conversation. One of the first things the attorneys will do is get the appropriate forms signed so the attorney themselves can not only get the paperwork 
from the clinic or hospital or whatever, but can contact them and verify that, oh, I, I got this paperwork on this patient. Uh, looks like she's having a girl do whenever, you know, just want to verify that. And the hospital say, or the clinic will say, I have no idea who you're talking about. We don't have anyone by that name or, mm -hmm. oh yeah, you know, Susie is that, that all sounds about right. Uh, that's right on. So, you know, that's something that a, a good attorney or agency should be able to do to help at least step one, get legitimate proof of pregnancy. Yeah, that's a great point. And it leads me to my next question about if somebody is starting their adoption process and they're not using an agency or attorney, they're trying to do an independent adoption. I mean, eventually you're going to need an agency or attorney, depending on the laws of your state. But say you're trying to match with an expectant mom and especially through the internet or something like that or social media and do you find it would be more risky for a family to do it that way? In other words, be more vulnerable to a scam, I guess. Or if they're working through an agency or attorney to try to connect with the expected mom. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think I you're right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You're right, I think. I mean, we sort of went around there that, that in the end, you have to work with an attorney or you probably should be working with an attorney or an agency anyway. I mean, you mm -hmm. have to get home study approved, so that requires a social worker of, of some sort. And in the end, you're going to go to court and you don't have to have an attorney, but sometimes a good idea to have an attorney. Um, so even people, at least the people I work with who are doing a private or independent adoption have an adoption team, and I'm a member of that team, but they also have an attorney probably who is a member of that team. And so it sounds like the answer should be, yeah, it is more risky if you're, quote unquote, going out there on your own and trying to connect with a potential birth parent. But I would submit it is no more risky. It is the exact same risk, whatever that risk is, which we don't know. But um, it's really the same risk if you're doing it right. Because what you're doing is, um, you know, you're out there networking and marketing yourself, trying to connect with a potential birth parent. You connect with one, you talk or text or email a few times, sort of build some kind of a relationship. It seems like it's legitimate. At some point early on, early-ish on, the next step is, oh, let me have you talk to my attorney because I want to make sure you have proper counseling. I, you really need to understand your legal rights. Um, I want to make sure you understand adoption and what you know what this really means and open adoption and my attorney or my agency. Um, I can help you get another attorney separate from my attorney. No, they'll help you figure that kind of stuff out so you understand what this is all about. And as a part of that process, you know they're also going to vet the situation and make sure it's legitimate. So you wouldn't go. You know, if this was a surgery, I don't know if this analogy fits, but, you know, you wouldn't go so far down the line that you're, you're performing surgery on yourself, um, but you might do some research and diagnose or, or feel like you have a sense of what it is. And so you can go a little bit down the road, but very early on after you connect with someone, bring them into your normal process where you're going to have that person get counseling and legal advice and be vetted. And so if you're doing that, it should be the exact same risk. I think where people get in trouble is they go too far down the line and all of a sudden, you know, they've been talking for months, the baby's born, and now you let your attorney know what's going on and your attorney's like, whoa, man, there are red flags all over the place here. Um, that's too late. You got to bring your team along the journey with you because that's what you're paying them for. That's where they provide value to you. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. You do it the right way and, and bring your team in early. Yeah, you'll you should be fine. You should be no different. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think some people jump in on the independent adoption and uh, 
do kind of get sucked in a little bit on the emotional stuff of, um, I just want to find somebody and I want to do it, um, outside of an attorney or agency because it tends to be cheaper. I can kind of affect things more, but yeah, you run the risk if you don't do it right. And, and that's, that could be true on, on the agency or attorney side too. Uh, if you don't get a good agency, if you don't get a good attorney, you know, you still got risk. Uh, yeah. And, and you can save a lot of money by connecting with a potential birth parent on your own, but that doesn't, you know, even that doesn't mean that's just connecting, you right. know, have a couple conversations. Now you've connected now bring them into the regular process. And yes, that may cost a little money, but the bulk, you know, at least for agencies and, and even some attorneys, you know, the bulk of the cost is what the agency is doing to market themselves to try and find potential birth parents. And some agencies will have different fees, dramatically different fees, if you find that match on your own versus them finding it for you. Um, but still, bring them into the, the vetting process. And, and, you know, it's not just vetting them. They, should, they deserve legal advice. They deserve pregnancy counseling services. So they understand all of their options. They understand what adoption's all about. You know, that, that's good for everybody. It's good for the adopting parents. It's good for the um, expectant parents who, are, who may be considering adoption. That's such a great point. I mean, that right there could help you, anybody, uh, try to avoid more scams is just the fact that you're offering and, and they should get the counseling and everything that they need before placement, way before placement. So right. you know, if you're offering those things and want to do what's right for them, not only will it help them, but it also will eliminate some of these red flags and, and eliminate some scams. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And if you're, um, if you're giving someone proper counseling, would you rather have them change their mind after you've you know, mm. you know talked to them a few times or when you're at the hospital, right? <laughs> so, I mean, the earlier to get yes. counseling, the better, because if, if it's not the right thing for them, you want to know that early and they want to know that early. That's Why right. go on for three months or whatever and, and decide in the hospital, oh, I guess this wasn't the right thing after all. Yeah, another great point. Yes, absolutely. When you're when we're talking about scams and we're talking about protecting ourselves and um, what comes into play, and I see this a lot uh, being in charge of Facebook groups, is social media, Internet stuff um, opens up a world for more of that scamming opportunities, I should say, I guess. Is, and so what, what advice would you give or maybe some internet safety tips or social media safety tips that can help folks avoid a scam through those avenues. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, the internet, it, it plays both ways. However, I mean, the internet, um, can open yourself up to being scammed, but it also provides opportunity to dig a little deeper when you see some red flags. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you talked about the ultrasound image that someone can just grab online. Well, if someone sends you an image, put it into Google Images, do a, an image search, and see if it exists elsewhere. So, you know, it, it, it kind of work both ways. There are Facebook groups where uh, adopting parents reside. There are Facebook groups and other groups where adoption attorneys and, an and agencies reside, and they all share information. So if there's a particular person that um, seems to be scamming people, they're probably scamming more than one. And people use social media to um, sort of vet their own situations or, or I know attorneys who are really qualified in, in the area of adoption. You know, they have um, different communication modes and, and mediums where they will talk to each other and share information in case uh, they see some red flags. 
So that it can work both ways. You know, you can do a Google search on someone's phone number or their email address and just see what you find out. But again, they can do that to you too. So, you know, how to protect yourself, you know, get, create a new Gmail address, you know, uh, Matt and Sue adopt at gmail.com. You know, some, some new email address just for adoption that's not tied to anything else and not your current email address that has your last name, um, for example. Don't use your home phone number or your cell phone number where someone can do a reverse lookup and find out where you live. You know, get a burner phone from Best Buy or Costco or Target or whatever, or get a toll-free number um, and, you know, just protect your identifying information until you're ready to share it. Um, at some point, hopefully, it will be the right time to share identifying information and and to kind of take the relationship to that next, you know, more trusting level. Um, but you get to decide when to do that on your terms. So don't do it, you know, accidentally or earlier than you want. Great tips. Yeah. I mean, you could take that into social media, too. Like, don't use your own Facebook um, identity. Don't right. Use your own Instagram identity. Um, you, yep. can, you can definitely create new accounts and... and uh, don't put so much identifying information on there. Could they still dig and find? Maybe, yeah. But it's just one more layer of of protection and, and a boundary, really. And, you know, from what I know in, in my research, scammers, you know, we're all a little lazy. We're, we're not going to work, you know, scammers <laughs> aren't going to work so hard to just target you and do yeah. all these, you know, there's, it's too easy. You know, I can go to too many website where websites where there's, you know, two or 300 profiles from adopting parents and just go down the list if I really wanted to. Like, I'm not going to do 300 Google searches or find right. one person and, you know, spend a week researching them. No one's going to do that. Um, it's too it's too much work. Um, so if you just make it a little hard, put up a couple barriers and don't give them the obvious stuff, you know, they're, they're going to leave you alone because, unfortunately, there's too many other people that they can probably target. Mm, yeah, that's true, unfortunately. But that is a great way to protect yourself, you know. It's kind of like your house, right? You're leaving the window uh, unlocked or locked, right? Well, that window's locked. Yeah. I'll move on to the next house. Exactly. Well, as we wrap up here, I want to just discuss um, how folks can get a hold of you and work with you. Um, uh, you mentioned um, early on in the show here about uh, your course about adoption scams, and you can find that at myadoptionadvisor.com. Um, you, in that, uh, if you just, you pretty, do a pretty good job of listing the course description, and and one thing in, you list on there is your takeaways, and in that you have 23 red flags, uh, you know, uh, associated with, uh, see how you say this, associated with what we call the unpro unprofessional professional, the high-risk professional, and the too-good-to-be-true professional, and then 23 red flags tied to potential birth parents, and just simple steps of, of how you can decrease your chances of being defrauded or, or not scammed through your course. So I think that's a, that's a great thing for someone. Anybody listening to this should go and check out at my adoption advisor dot com and Hal's got a whole bunch of stuff on there. What else do you want to share with the folks about your website and your services? Oh, um, I don't know. You just did a great job. I, I don't know if I have anything. I mean, pe <laughs> people can else. always <laughs> people can always email me at Hal at myadoptionadvisor.com. They can fill out a form on my website or my phone numbers there. And you know, I'm really good about sort of like this, just kind of talking to people, sharing information. If if I'm not the right fit or I don't have the right service. 
I likely know who does for you. So I'm happy. And, and we it's a small community, um, as you know, Tim. So, yeah. you know, I'm happy to pass you along to other people that I trust that do things maybe differently or have a different perspective or might be a better fit for you for one reason or another. And they do the same for me. Um, and so if people want to talk about adoption or open adoption or need help with a profile or website or advertising or have questions about scams or whatever, um, you know, I take calls all the time, love just chatting like this. And, you know, if I end up getting a sale, great, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I just am here to kind of help and, and give back to those um, who need the help that, that I received when I was in their position. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have talked to so many people that have gone to you and gotten to help with their profiles and their websites. And, and it really, it, it, it does pertain to scams too. I mean, especially your website, I mean, your website design and what you want to do and, and how you create that and how you share it with the world. And th that's goes to your adoption advertising uh, services that you have too. I mean, that, that totally uh, relates to, to scamming because you want to make sure you're doing it the right way. You're sharing it the right way. Uh, you're not putting too much identifying information out there. All the things that we've talked about uh, during this show. So um, how can help you with those services on his website, myadoptionadvisor.com. So, man, it's great. I love this. This uh, well, I don't love this topic because I don't like the fact that it's there. But <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that we can. We don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it. But I'd love the fact that we can um, bring this to the folks. and Because uh, really it's about... I, I think we said at the very beginning, just helping people identify that not only is it a problem that it's out there, but to be aware, but not paranoid. You know, we don't want to freak everybody out like, oh, this is happening so much. But just if you're aware and you catch some things and you identify early warning signs and red flags and you you talk about it amongst yourself, you, you trust your gut. Like you said, um, the uh, hopeful adoptive parents that you've talked to have said, I think it's a great number one tip that you can take away from the show is just trust your gut. If it feels wrong, start talking to people about it, especially your adoption professionals. So I yep. really appreciate you, you coming on. Is there any last words you want to share with the folks? No, I'm good. Congratulations on, on number 100 podcast <laughs> for you. And, and you know, you've been around a long time too. It's nice to have a couple guys in the adoption <laughs> field and I love talking with you, Tim. Appreciate it, Hal. Yes, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You can find Hal at myadoptionadvisor.com. Thanks, Hal. Yep, thank you. All right, great interview with Hal. Man, what a, a tough and important issue that we tackled today with the scams, and I hope you learned a lot. We talked about so much, so I, I would highly recommend you, you go back and listen to this again because we just pack, packed so much in there, and I thank Hal for taking the time out of his busy schedule to come on here and share his his wisdom and advice. And if you know anybody that uh, may be going through the adoption process, um, share this episode with them. It's a very, very important one to get into and uh, make sure you are aware of adoption scams. So uh, before we go, I wanted to ask you about something that's so near and dear to my heart, and it has to do with community. You know, we have community is so important. Support we get in the adoption world is so important because we all feel alone. We feel like maybe, like I did, I didn't know anybody who adopted. I didn't know clue. I didn't even know what it took to adopt. I didn't know how to get started to adopt. And having a community to jump into is huge. It provides, it unlocks hope. It provides hope. And so I'm excited to announce we've created a one-of-a-kind adoption community called the Infinite Adoption Guide Membership Community. 
It's something that I've been working on for a while. Safe online place, not just for those who are considering adoption, but maybe you're already on the path, or maybe you're like me, you're already adopted, but you still need support because adoption does not end when that baby is placed with you. It's for life. This unique community can come together, and we are coming together, and we're answering questions, we're focused learning, we're doing all the things you can't do inside of a Facebook support group or any other group online, especially with our exclusive small buddy groups. You have just a few people in your group you can establish a friendship with. You can get on a Zoom call. You can get on a phone call. These are people that you could connect with and not feel like you're dumped inside of a group of 10,000 people and you don't know anybody. And I've created something I wish I had when we first started our adoption. This community is gonna be amazing and I want you as a founding member to jump in and even if we're past the point of accepting founding members and you're listening to this and you're like, ah, I want it in, you can still get in. Jump in, check it out, infiniteadoptionguide.com forward slash community. All right, thanks for listening. Until next time, you are in my prayers as you go on the journey to build your family through adoption. God bless and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to my dad.